Bird. Didn't we do this already? Yeah, we did. Once again, it is a sunny Sunday. Ah, Saturday. <laughs> We're back on Saturday schedule because my eyes are normal. I'm wearing my new glasses. Uh, we are on. Uh, we are on Saturday morning. It is August sixth, two thousand eleven. It is the dawning of a new day because it is. You know, it's not noon yet, so it's well, it's not dawn exactly. Shut up. Uh, I'm your host of the TryGaze.net. Uh, TryGaze.net podcast. Yeah, Austin that thing. slash Mr. Chupon. As I am known on the site, when I actually decide to actually write stuff, which hasn't been in months, which I apologize for, but them's the breaks. I, I think this podcast is my writing. Uh, I'm with my news host, my new, newly designated RSS Google Reader uh, aficionado, because he's so good at that, and I'm terrible at that, Al, the antipode. <laughs> is that night right? <laughs> Good night, Not really. It's, it's it's the army. I know it's I know it's, it was a fanfare, <laughs> but it, it 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 sounded perfectly. It sounded like a perfect segue into the Night Rider because he went da 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 da. That's true. Da 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 da. David Hasselhoff is German, and, and we sings. have <laughs> and he sings. We have a very small uh, uh, what you've been playing for for you today because there's a lot of things that Al wants to talk about and that I'd like to make nonsense comments about, but we're going to start off with. What we've been playing, of course. But you know what? Let me check the Twitters to see if Edu actually finally emailed in his question that he promised that he was going to email oh, us. Yeah. And I, I don't that. think he did. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> look at this tweet. Damn, I forgot to send my mail in again. I'll be sure to do it for next week. This was last week. So I'm going to reply to him and say, hey, guess what you forgot to do again? Let's see if that kicks him into gear, and if he tweets it or emails it in, then we'll uh, read it later. But, um, yeah, we're going to go on to what you've been playing, because, Al, you've been mm-hmm. playing nothing or something. Not much. I've been playing something. Okay. But uh, I, I've, I, one thing I've really been playing was, like, um, work. <laughs> wow. Watching lots and lots of movies. Wow. Sometimes two and three times in a row, but um. Oh, I thought you were gonna say two at a time, and I was gonna. No, say, I can't do that. How That's... is that possible? No, not possible at all. Um, unless I had four eyes, and then probably four eyes would focus forward anyway. So anyway, uh, um, I've been doing a lot of overtime because I got to pay for this rental car, which I haven't told anybody in the podcast about. But the short story of it is that my current, my my old car, I should say died on me before I can get my new car and trade it in. I thought you so, I thought you told that story which which I found I think I told you. Which, I don't know which, if I told on cast. On the pa- you you may have I mean, and I, and I found I said that it was I didn't say anything but I thought in my head at the time that it would be one of those things that was completely amusing if it didn't happen to you. So let's pretend mm. it didn't happen to you and laugh about it. <laughs> yeah, so um I have to make um money to 
to cover my down payment. Not, not, down, not my down payment, but to cover the trading value that I lost. Oh. Uh, and on top of that, I, um, <clears throat> I'm still trying to pay down my last credit card so I can be financially free. Somewhat. When you traded in your car, <laughs> did you get a Power Up Rewards program card with it? Yeah. For your it's... car dealership? Yeah. Did you, did you pre-order your next car? <laughs> Technically, I did. <laughs> Since it ain't here yet. <laughs> oh, man. Um, hopefully, I'll have my new car by Wait, the... Wait, but when, uh, when you walk in to pick up your car, are they going to ask you if you pre-ordered and tell you that they ran out? They might. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna see a circumferential scratch on your windshield. Oh my god! I can't and then read, they're gonna tell I can't me it's read, fine. I can't read the windshield. My laser won't read it. It's fine. They come that way. <laughs> um. So, would yeah, you like to pre-order while you're picking up your pre-ordered car? Would you like to pre-order any other cars? Oh god. Would you like to sign up for a car <laughs> magazine? Or I like, couldn't even. I couldn't okay. even say anything to that. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to sign up for like? I don't know what fucking car magazines do they have out there. I don't know. I don't know. Auto auto driver. <laughs> it's car and driver. You but. should have picked up a spare uh, you should have picked up a spare tire so you could have gotten 50% additional to your trade in value for that car. Oh man. Yeah, cuz that's their running deal. You trade in three tires and uh you get $10 toward a new car. Uh, it would be like the Madden deal that you almost got. That you did get, mm-hmm. but you didn't get the Madden. True, true, true. And you you, you drive home without the tire. Oh god! Like, where the fuck did my tire go? Well, at least got fifty percent on my car. That's right. Um. Well, anyway, about the the whole car situation. Fucking GameStop. Sorry. Making. <laughs> how did this turn? I mean, I know I turned to GameStop, but <laughs> anyway, um, I gotta make a whole bunch of money, and the government money. is gonna make a whole bunch of money off of me, and money. Um, I also have to get all my stuff out of the way before the summer's over, so I can start saving for the upcoming little bugger. Uh, he or she, whether oh you be. haven't found out yet. Um, no, no, we're gonna wait until the baby is all out and wah wah, and then we look down and go, "Hey, look, it's at this." Oh, that's the umbilical cord. Ah, how, um, how? What? When's her due date? December eighth. December eighth. Wow, wow. So it'll be a, wow. a nice little Christmas thing. Um. So what? Uh, be- I'm sorry. I-, mm-hmm. I just have to ask before you go on. Sure. When when the tyke is old enough to hold a controller, what is the first thing that you are going to put in his or her hands and make him or her play? Uh, I don't know. You could you could be as general or as specific as you want. I'm just very curious. Um, that's 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 a tough one. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll, uh, since the hands are tiny, maybe I'll just break out the NES and uh, give them, uh, I have Maxes, even though the, the Max is probably hard to control. Is that the but... thing that's like the 3DS? Yeah, that's the thing that's like the 3DS, and except it's just an S. Uh, that, that's what the it... kids would say today. Oh, it looks like a 3DS. Mm-hmm. No, the 3DS looks like a Max. Get it right. Yeah. Um, but anyhow. Also, the Max dropped in price from $20 to $5 hmm? in, in five months from its release. Really? No, I'm. No. Talk- oh, <laughs> see, I'm. I'm actually thinking way back into like 1987, but now I understand what you're talking about. Um, Iwata said it was a failure, even though he wasn't 
he, he, he Nintendo probably was president just, back then. <laughs> yeah, he just yelled from his cubicle. Iwata was probably like a teenager at that point, eating rice balls and being like, <laughs> I like good graphics, like you. Um. Well, My yeah, yeah, maybe I'll like Iwata. throw... Hadouken. <laughs> I am Japanese Kermit the Frog. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um. Maybe I just I'll went like... to the gym. I'm full of energy. I'm like... Uh, damn. Shit. I need to move around and like say shit. I have Tourette's now. Peppy. Uh, I was going to say, probably start them off with the old classic Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, granted, they'll be seeing stuff, but I'll, I'll probably like throw like Super Mario Brothers in their face before they even know what uh, a controller is. Just say no. They look at it, and then they go, like, you know, instead of saying, what what the fuck are you doing, Dad? You know what? The... <laughs> Part of I mean, me... kids, they, they don't give a damn anyway. Until they can, they're really cognizant, like around right seven, eight, nine. So you know, when when the baby's like five, four maybe, if they're advanced enough, part make of them me, run jump and die. Part of me wants to like start him or her off, and when I say him or her, I don't mean your kid. I mean my kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bogart your kid. <laughs> um, with like the Game Boy. Because I have GBA, and they could still play Game Boy games. Very true. Strictly on the sole basis that it's probably the shittiest system I've ever owned. Hmm. And so you start off really bad, and you move up. True. And, and, and so Although like, those graphics on GBA are still ra- rather good. They they are, but there's still, like, four shades. Or four, like, really shitty colors, as opposed to, like, hey, you have colors on a TV screen. True. So I don't. I mean, I don't really know. I, you know, what part of me doesn't want to like start them off with too much shit because then I'm like, "Yo, kid, go outside, <laughs> get some sunlight." <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta figure out, um, you know, how that works out as the time progresses because yeah. I don't know whether my child will be more inclined to stay in or go out. Well, you know what? You you just turn that whole thing into a video game. Be like, hmm? you. For every you, you like do do the whole do the whole like like level up shit. Be like, yo, once you get to level two, you can start playing these games on this system. But in order to get to level two, you need to like get points by, you know, doing chores <laughs> and doing your homework and playing outside. And like, you know, if you're a girl hitting on guys, and if you're a guy hitting on girl, no, don't do that yet. Not when you're three. <laughs> but you Not know, like you know, do shit like okay, y- you did tummy time for half an hour, so that's two experience points. Well, and... that might work <laughs> if if my child is just naturally video game inclined. Uh, and if not, then the the child would just be like, "Dad, you're lame." <laughs> well, I mean, if you start them off as a like really young, you, you, you get them when they're young. The first hits for free. <laughs> Plus, you you know internet, so you can like make a web page out of it and like create like a like like a small app for your kid. That the like, child will hack. Because <laughs> you know, you, no, 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 no! Don't, don't, don't teach him how te- teach him or her how to hack until like, like, like they're they're thirteen and they're already like you've no, already you know indoctrinated them into your religion. But you know what they say? They say that the kids are better at these computers than their parents are. I don't yeah, think but, that's gonna happen for me. Yeah, but, but. yeah, but even if it does, again, even if it does, that's not gonna happen until it's like, like, like you uh, know, maybe uh, twelve. True. And and if you if if you give birth to a John Carmack, God help you. But oh God, you know, <laughs> then your kid all all he or she's gonna be doing is making engines. Be like, why don't you make a game? no engine? Why don't you make a game? no rocket ship engine? Mm-hmm. Rocket rendering. Look, mega textures. That I'm done. Uh, I'm going home. 
Merry Christmas. Here's here, Dad. Here's a mega texture of your face. Oh, for your wall. Can oh you wait, put wait. It on? You know, there, there was something that we were supposed to be talking about here. We completely derailed the topic. <laughs> Let's let, let, let's get on topics to that. Uh... You're so fucking boring. Fine. What are you even playing? <laughs> uh, yeah, I played Beyond Good and Evil today, <laughs> and I played it uh like I think did you Tuesday or Wednesday or something. Did, did you I roast? And, did you roast and eat Paige? No, no. That that's like what that's happens a, that's in Beyond Good and Evil 1.5. That's an Easter egg. No, <laughs> Paige is like the most endearing character in that game. Like I really like him. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm I'm in the Neutropils factory. And you know when you're in the new pills, you get that um, M disc from Paige, and it's all about like the the spaceship, the Beluga, and he's saying all these things about how you know the mother and Jade's mother and father were good friends of his, and because of all the stuff that they went through, he uh, offered to raise Jade and everything. It was uh, yeah, all, yeah, like, yeah. It was all. This is when you two are together, stuff. right? Yeah, it was right before when they you're get fighting separated. together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm at the point where um, I'm at the the stealth part, where you're um, trying to find the 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 alpha sections without the helmets on. A Starko slice. I don't, I don't really like the stealth in that game. Mm, I didn't really like it either. And I think that might have been why I stopped before. It's inoffensive, but it's also just kind of a little. Uh, it's a little hinky. Uh, it is I don't a like hinky. it so much. Um, but I'm I'm gonna work through it this time and. Because uh, I think I stopped when I got to the slaughterhouse. Because mm. um, I do remember finishing the, the factory. And I remember being at the slaughterhouse before, you know, I stopped playing my GameCube. Yeah. So I'm going to, like, my goal is to finish it before the 15th, but I don't think it's going to happen. Because I'm probably going to wind up doing overtime this week and maybe next week if they're still offering it. Because oh. at work, we're doing this big push for secondary audio programming. And that means, like, most of our programs have to be redone. And Secondary audio programming. So, like, is that, like, remastering? Is that, like, or or is that, like, what is that? Uh, Well, secondary audio programming is the, most of the time it's the Spanish. When you, like, watch a show, it's SAP. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I was, okay. Yeah, I didn't want to call it SAP um, because I say SAP, somebody's like, what the fuck? And... Also on top of that, uh, one of the guys I work with, we were, me and this girl that I work with, we were just running around talking about sap, 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 sap. And the guy goes, Fap, 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 fap. He's like, why are you um, going around, you know, calling these acronyms, like shortening the acronym, not shortening, but like saying the acronym like it's a word. Like, you don't call, uh, shit, what did he say? I think he was like, you don't call Long Island Expressway a lie, do you? I go, well, my GPS does. <laughs> It does? Well, it actually says... Take um, left turn on lie. Uh, well... Yeah. When I uh, get on the Jackie yeah. Robinson... The Jackie Robinson sign says Jackie Robinson East, Eastern L-I. And my GPS says, um... Get on the Jackie Robinson... Make a right to get on the Jackie Robinson Parkway toward Eastern Lie. This is the man who calls IMs IMs, so we should not mm. be surprised. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, um... SAP is the the alternate channel on your TV. Yep. And what it does is it picks up off the program a particular audio channel, and it'll give you whatever's on there. So, like, if you're watching Simpsons and you want to watch it in Spanish, if it's available, then like you press the SAP button, and all of a sudden, it starts speaking in Spanish. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So what we have to do at work is uh, the editors they have to get the they have to work and get a, a Spanish language track. It may already be on the original tape, and then we just when we started making it for TV, we didn't include it. So now they have to go back to the master tape and relay the audio back onto the to the tapes that we use, and we put the tapes back into the system. Mm. That's one way, and then there's other things that they go through. But essentially, we have to do a lot of work that we already did over again. So that's why they're offering overtime. And I'm like, hey, anytime, just do, just put it on my schedule. I'll be there. i do it. And on mm. top of that, I'm doing Sundays extra work, and I got a whole bunch of other stuff going on. Oof. Uh, so I played that and I bought because there wasn't really anything interesting on the 3DS shop for me for the past couple of weeks. Uh, I bought Antipole, which is, um, it was a recent release anyway, and I put it on my wish list. Uh, that's a DSiWare game and it's actually really pretty cool. What is uh, it? It's a, a an action platformer game that revolves around the concept of alternating gravity. Oh, I, I okay. Now I remember this. I, I remember thinking. Mm. It's it's a lot more restrictive than that. Um, what happens in the game is that I don't really know what the plot is because <laughs> I think you're you're like a, a spy or something. And you're infiltrating something, but uh, I would have to actually read the synopsis in the eShop to find that out. But essentially you run from left to right or up and down and you have to get from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. You pick up a gun. The very first pickup you get is a gun. And then you get a, um, a gravity modulator coin thing. It's like you flip the coin and all of a sudden gravity is reversed. So you're able to walk on ceilings. You can kind of you know, tweak it and you can jump and kind of float in the air a little bit, but it's limited. So the gauge goes down while you're in the air and while you're on the ground, the gauge replenishes. And you have to go through challenges. Like most of the challenges and the stages, I should say, the stages are timed. So they want you to get from point A to point B in a particular time, but it's not like a, a countdown. So you can take 10 minutes to get through a level, but their, like, you know, their checkpoint best time or whatever is, like, one minute. So you can play the stage again and try and get through the game, get, get through the stage in 58 seconds or something like that, and then you beat that best time. And then that gives you, you know, kind of like a, an achievement check. So that, that's thing. more of, like, a, a metal system, not a holy shit, you're going to die if you don't make it. Yeah. So, like, you can... You don't have a... There's another cool thing about the game is that you actually don't have a limited amount of lives. You have unlimited lives, but they just tell you how many lives it took for you to finish the level. Mm. And as far as I see, like how many lives you take to finish the level doesn't seem to affect your rating at the end of the stage. Right, and then that that kind of makes sense because it's like a, a casual-ish. It's also game. part puzzle uh, because there are certain parts of the stage where you have to navigate through spikes and electricity and and sometimes combining that with enemies and you can die rather easily and then they take you right back to like the nearest checkpoint so for you to go on like a failure system and you do it three times you die uh i mean you die three times and it's game over it, it can be pretty frustrating mm -hmm. uh, 
So there are a couple of like um, the robots as enemies in the game, and like your basic robot is like this little crawler, and when you flip the gravity, they flip with you. So it uh, it's helpful for you to do that sometimes if you can't get to an enemy. Uh, there's some of the crawlers that have like spikes on their back, and they take more shots to get rid of. There are some enemies that hop, and they're not really affected by the gravity. Then there, are, I think they're called snakes. The robots that have these long necks and they shoot lasers out of the out of the neck. Um, Freaking laser beams! And uh, I haven't seen any new enemies since then because I think I've. It looks like the game is pretty short, but it's more of a you know a, a score challenge oriented kind of game. So right. when you finish the game, you're you're encouraged to go back into the game and you know beat your best times, being that you already know the level. And there's also uh, an award system where, for doing certain things, you get various awards, and they tell you what the awards are for, so you don't have to kind of guess at what you have to do to get the award. And then there's also a challenge mode. Within each stage, there's there are three challenge coins, and if you get all three challenge coins, you unlock a challenge. And uh, and you get, that's a separate mode. You go into challenge mode, and they challenge you to do different things. I guess I haven't done it yet. And finally, there are bosses. Uh, I fought one boss, which was basically this giant floating like mecha head with a, an eye, and it shoots out um, like pulse beam, like you know, like the. I'm trying not to say balls. <laughs> Too late. I know. Um, it shoots out energy balls. And also shoots out um, like missiles, and you can uh, change the gravity and affect the missile so that it goes and turns around and shoots, and it it basically explodes on the boss to damage the boss. Mm -hmm. And also, the boss can throw up its own gravity field that only affects you, and the missiles doesn't affect it. Um, so there's an achievement. I keep saying achievement. There's an award in the game that you get if you defeat a boss without shooting it. Like if you make it, if you destroy it with its own weapons, which is pretty cool. But it just it took me forever to beat that boss. So I don't know how <laughs> easy that award is. Uh, I haven't gotten to the second boss yet. But it's a pretty fun game. Does it do your name justice? It's not my name. It's close. <laughs> it's similar. <clears throat> Actually, it's rather close, but um, it, the game doesn't really have anything to do with, well, I guess. I mean, up and down are opposites, and you take gravity and yeah, reverse it's, it's, gravity it's, and you it's go up. anti-polarity. Like, mm-hmm. It's not magnets. It's not like is, you're pulling things. Is there alcohol in that things. drink? No, that's coffee. And you fail. No, I can't drink alcohol right now. You fail. I don't fail. I succeed because I'm not drinking alcohol. Don't you get it? Then you fail for not drinking it. You're not getting it. I fail. So what have you been playing? Nothing. Let's move on. No, I... um. So I've been playing a little bit more Ocarina, uh, trying to remember all the stuff that it. Because remember, I only played this once, mm-hmm. and I was struggling through it visually. Um, and so, like, 
I had to freaking um, I had to look at I had to look at a hint um, because you, I can't remember. Did they have those hint stones in the original one? Oh no! <laughs> right. So I had to look at a hint to 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 remember where the stupid sword was. Um, because I I you mean so the, the Kokiri sword? Yeah, I'm running okay. around the Kokiri forest, and I pass by the area that you're supposed to crouch in, and I'm like, oh, I'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. And instead, I'm going all around talking to everybody, and then I go into the Lost Woods, thinking that that's where I'm supposed to go. And then when I come, like, I'm going all around, like, I don't know what the fuck to do. When I come out, I'm like, I don't clearly remember what I'm supposed to do now, and I completely forgot that I had passed a little, like, crouch hole that you're supposed to go through, and, like, I just completely, like, forgot about that. And I'm like, but I'm going, what the fuck, what, what am I, what, what, huh, what? And I'm like, fuck it, that's it. And so I go to one of those stupid stones, and I hit it, and it's like, it shows a video of him crouching in the thing. I'm like, okay, I feel really stupid now. Um, <laughs> and then, like, when I was in the Deku tree, I'm like, all right, I know I need the slingshot to get past these, these Skulltulas. Um, I forget where it is. Is it higher up? Do I have to just climb past these things very carefully? And, like, I pass by the door that you're supposed to go into to get the, the stupid slingshot. Aww. And, like, I went up to it, and it was an opening. And so I'm like, okay, it must be locked. I need to get that there somehow else. And it's like, no, idiot. You walk up to it and you press A. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, oh, I, I really am bad at this game. I just want to go back and play Twilight Princess instead. But yeah, I um, I met Zelda. She told me you're going to save the world and like we're going to have sex later. And then I went back to Saria to learn her song. And she was like, please have sex with me instead because, you know, uh, uh, you know, you, you're What game is this high. again? <laughs> Un- uh, infinite undiscovery. Oh, okay, okay. Now the I Ocarina get it. Ocarina of Breasts. Um, and right now I'm headed towards Death Mountain. But I like as I'm playing this. It's like I said this last week, but I hate to admit that it really is the visuals that you know are helping me get through this game without you know getting sick. Like it's Ocarina good. of Time, I like Ocarina of Time is a great game. Like I know that you know you and I have shitted on it for because everyone's like, it's the best ever, but that's all relative. Like it's still a great game. I just had a very tough time getting through it because you know it just like visually it was just making me sick, and it's 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 just the nature of it. It's like like Half Life makes you sick. You know, it's just it it just happens. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily the game's fault, but. I think if this had been my, if I had played it on the N64 way back when, or I had never played it until now, that would have been super ideal, you know, because this is my first exposure to it. It would look nice. I wouldn't, you know, feel sick about it. I wouldn't have to deal with the water temple, like as, as more. It's less frustrating because of the inventory system, you know. So, um, I don't know. Actually, that's what I meant to ask you. Um, and I, I don't know if I asked you this before. How was the water temple for you this time around? Is it overblown? I, I, I forgot. <laughs> okay. Like, what is were you asking? well, just simple answer. Like, is was it overblown that like, oh my god, the inventory system helps so much, or is it just like, like yeah, actually that really does help a lot. Oh, it helps a lot. Um, because being able to switch from the boots to no boots, um, that um. It helps you navigate, at least for me, because I used to kind of use it to kind of sort of swim with. Uh, okay. Like, I would kind of use the boots and then take off the boots and kind of float up into where I needed to go. 
Because um, <clears throat> I it, think... No, hmm? go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, but mainly, when you had to switch in and out of the boots for the various things, it it saved you a lot of time. And it made the... Uh-oh, I think my phone is about to ring. Ah, man, my phone is... Simon's ringing. Quest! Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to Simon's Quest! <laughs> uh, podcast pause. Alfred is on the phone. Getting Simon's oh, Quest After all phone, of that, my grandmother phone, hangs up the phone. So now and I gotta she call hung her back. up the phone. And he's got to find the garlic to get Dracula back. And what a night to have a curse. Grandma called... Al is on the phone with Simon's curse. Simon's curse. Al is on the phone with Simon's curse. Simon's curse. Do it again. Oh, uh, I can't. It only happens when he gets a call. He can't instigate it on its own. So I'm just gonna insert a clip of that. Ah, fuck. What's it called? Bloody tears. That's what it's called. I'm just gonna insert a clip of bloody tears. Yeah. Uh, from the NES game Castlevania II: Simon's Quest, right here, yeah, bitch. And she's calling out to remind him that it's somebody's birthday. That's someone I don't know. And Al's going to fake the birthday even though he said he didn't. And this email says 10 tips for orgasm from deepinsider.com. Everybody email the mailbag because all we do is get spam. EastAsiaSoft.com. Protect the monkeys, Rainbow Moon, and Soldner X soundtracks. What the fuck is this Soldner X thing? Soldner X. Protect the monkeys. Al is off the phone now. He's talking to his grandma. Protect the monkeys, Soldner X soundtracks. Ocarina of Time. What's up? So. Yes. um, Water Temple. Right. Um, I, I I think the thing for me was just that everything looked the same and I couldn't find my way around. That was what bothered me about it. Yeah, I was saying that um, the I had mentioned before. Yeah, you have that the actual art inside the water temple is a lot. I don't know if it was like this on the original, but it was very it it stuck out a lot for me this time when I played it. Uh, there are colored like lines on the walls that kind of direct you as to where the specific water switches are. Oh, and is that, that assists, new? Hmm? Is that new? Because I don't, I don't know. I, I don't remember it either, so I think it is new. And it it really helps with navigating the temple because you know where to go. Um, you know, once you get into the water and you use the, the boots to go down, you'll see there's a green line going into one of the halls, and you go into that hall and you keep following the green line, and it points right down onto the to the place where you play the uh, song to raise, uh, lower the water, I should say. Right. And I'm in the water temple. But when you get to the water temple, um, you should definitely uh, get some impressions ready. Oh. So, yeah, so I'm just before Death Mountain. That's where I am. And I still kind of feel like, you know, I got this new game and I should play it, but I still want to go back to Twilight Princess and play that instead. Because <laughs> this is technically not new, Nintendo. Oh, our next big release is Star Fox 64, but that's neither here nor there. I also put uh, Second Sight into the Wii because I've had that shit for the longest time, and that needs to go through a last hurrah should I keep or purge it. Um, 
And I don't know if you ever played Second Sight. Nope. Did you ever play PsyOps for Xbox? I played or PS2. Demo okay. Or I rented it, maybe. I don't remember. So, so, like, everyone was saying that, you know, okay, so they're, they're two... They're two psychic telekinesis type games, and PsyOps was the better one, and I have that as well. Um, but I decided to start with with uh, with what's its face first because I don't know if PsyOps is backwards compatible. Oh, it's an Xbox and, game. Yeah, yeah and I have. kind of yeah, and I kind of like uh, I kind of dread you know booting up the Xbox. I don't know why. Mm. Um, but I decided to go with Second Sight first. Oh, the other thing is because nobody takes Xbox games anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, if I'm gonna see what's gonna what I'm gonna pawn off, I'd rather play that first to to get a feel for it. Um, it's uh, so it's by Free Radical. So if you're familiar with Time Splitters uh, and its artistic aesthetic, which is kind of redundant, uh, but if you're familiar with the, with its aesthetic, then you know what this game is gonna look like. Kind of like everybody looks like they're made up of sausage links. <laughs> like, I don't know if you if you kind of noticed that, but like, all the character art in Free Radical games, like the way that their arms just kind of hang floppily, and the way they animate, it looks like they're made of like sausage, and like it's just floppy and and weird and I don't know, they just got some weird art, um, <laughs> and I guess um. I don't know. I'm about maybe half an hour in. I, I did the initial kind of, oh, you wake up and you have amnesia and you have to learn how to use your psychic powers. Uh, you press the L button to do this and then you press the R button to do that. Um, and then, oh, now that, you, now that you've broken out of your room in which you were in captivity, we're going to flash back to when you knew who you were and it's going to be a training session. And so they... You know, they go through all this shit of like, here's an obstacle course. I know you're just a doctor, but I'm going to give you a gun because we need you in the field. Uh, contrived type of thing. Here, climb over these boxes by pressing up on them with the analog stick. <laughs> oh, press Z to, 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 to take cover behind a brick and stealth around it and all that shit. So, like, there's some stealth elements to it, which I was like, all right, fine. Um... Like, I, I, honestly, I feel like unless you're Metal Gear Solid or Splinter Cell or aiming to be a stealth game, it's it's hard to pull off stealth right so that it's fun. Yeah, because the engine is not really suited for something yeah. like that. That's something that needs to be tailored to. Yeah, or like you you just got to have a really, really robust engine that does everything. Um. Like, like even in Ocarina of Time, when they're, you know, like that—that's another part I should talk about. Like w- when you're when you're stealthing past the guards in the castle, I'm mm-hmm. just like, I don't need to do this. I, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, why? Like, why are you making me do this shit? Like, it's it's not, you know what I mean? Like, and and I know a lot of people are just like, well, it's it's you know, not just for Ocarina, but for all these games like Beyond Good and Evil, like Ocarina, like I don't know, I guess Second Sight. Um, it's like, oh, you know, it's there's got it's got so much variety, and I'm like, well, some of the things work and some of them don't, so why don't you take out the stuff that's boring? Um, but yeah, so there's stealth elements in that, and like, I had to go through an obstacle course and and, and stealth my way through it, and then I had to go back through it again after I learned my firearm training, which is actually cool. Um, I I talked about the 24 video game like years ago on this podcast, and. I don't know who did it first, actually. I, I could probably look up when the games were released. But the 
the the aiming system in Second Sight is somewhat similar to 24 the game in that what you do is you lock onto an enemy with L. And once you lock onto that enemy, you can... It, so, time time to make pantomiming as if you can see me doing this. <laughs> yes! You lock onto an enemy, right? And there's this reticle that comes up, or reticule or whatever the fuck you want to call it, that comes up on the enemy. Like, like in Zelda, when you lock on, there's like these spinning triangles, yep. right? In this, it's not spinning triangles. It's just a it's just a big reticule, yeah. and once you lock on and you have that reticule, the dot inside like it's a it's a reticule that is made up of a circle and a dot inside the circle. Now, the circle segmented. That's not really important, but that's just what it looks like. So the dot inside that circle, you can move with the right analog stick or the camera stick, as they call it in the GameCube controller. Um, you can move that little dot around. So. If you want to, you can just keep on hitting L to lock on the enemies and shoot them, or you can hit L and then use the camera stick to move the dot for a closer headshot. So you can kind of refine your aim once you've locked on to a um, an enemy, which 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 I kind of like. And that was the one thing that I liked about the twenty four game is like, okay, I thought that was kind of cool. The twenty four game made it kind of too easy to get headshots here and there. This one mm. is kind of difficult. So it, it takes some precision, takes some kind of skill. And I, I, I'm sure that people who want to run a gun will get annoyed by this system. I, I, I actually kind of like it. I appreciate the finer control. And the sniper rifle, like when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this is annoying. But then when I actually got a hang of it, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Usually in shooters, you get the sniper rifle, you, p- you press L to zoom in, and then the fucking screen goes black. And you just have that circle in the middle where you're looking through your scope. Okay. For, I, you've seen this, right? Yeah. And like every every first person game, when you get a sniper rifle, like it 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 focuses out of the rest of the screen, so you can't see anything but what you're looking down for your scope. Exactly. Um, in this and in a first person shooter, okay, I get it. Immersion, yes. A third person shooter, when where the purpose of having a third person view, so you could see shit around you, not mm, not really that cool. So what they do <laughs> is. They keep you in third-person view, so you can see what you're shooting at. Um, but in the lower right-hand corner of the screen, and it takes up maybe about a sixth of the screen, so it's it's decent. It's a decent size, but it's not too much. The, probably the same amount of space that would be taken up if you were looking just through the scope. So in the lower right-hand corner of the screen, they open up a little box that is supposed to be what you're looking down your what you're seeing when you look down your scope. So you can see both the area that you're in and what you're looking down through. Uh, such bad grammar. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. <clears throat> you can see everything on the screen as well as what you'd see if you were looking down your scope at the same time. So you still have the zoomed-in view, and you can still adjust once you lock on up, down, left, to right to get a headshot, but you're also able to see anybody that's coming for you. So it's not totally like, okay, now I'm blind. Again, for a first-person shooter, I get it. Immersion, that's different. For a third-person shooter, you're already not immersed because you're looking at someone's ass. So... You might as well let me see like what's coming at me. Um, so I like that. I really like that kind of interface, and that was kind of cool, uh, a cool type of uh, way to to get around certain, you know, I guess I guess you'd call them usability issues that some people might complain about, and and I, I like that. Um, the voice, oh, the voice acting though. Like when I was doing firearms training, I I was directed to a military guy named JC, who was 
very obviously of Latin American descent because he talked like this <laughs> and any and after half the time when a word began with the letter H, he would say, "Okay, you need to take the gun and you need to eat the person in the head." But then sometimes, <laughs> but then sometimes he would say "hit," not "eat," and then "head" and not "ed." So I don't know; it's kind of inconsistent. But half the time, Jew know he would say "jur" and and Jew have to do this and Jew have to hit him in the head, and it was it was like like I don't know if the guy was either trying too hard or he really like. That's really how he talked, and he didn't know any better that like it might sound exaggerated to the untrained ear when it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, like sometimes people from Chicago, like I feel like, like when they when they talk with their accent, it's just like, are they exaggerating it? No, that's just how they talk. But the nature of the accent is so exaggerated that you can't tell. And that's what mm. happened here. And I'm just like, really, like Jew, Jew got to do this. Jew got to he, Jew got to eat him in the head. I was like, wow, that's like, wow, that that's. That might be amazing. That might also be horrible. Um, and like right after that, I was directed to a female officer named Franklin who trained me with the sniper rifle, and she talked like this the entire time. You have to take the sniper rifle, and you need to shoot him in the head. And then like every time, like they make you do like training exercises with the firing range, and you have to like shoot all these you know targets that are coming at you. And like they 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 exclaim when you do a good shot or whatever, They're like nice shot or whatever. And you know this Franklin character so unemotive for the entire time that she's talking to you. You need to zoom in with the L button, and then you need to pull the R button to shoot. Wow, good shot! There you go. <laughs> like. <laughs> Where did you come from? I I don't understand what 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 this magic is. And then when you're done, good job, soldier. You ran out of ammo, but you still scored enough points to clear this training mission. Go talk to the captain. I'm like, uh, all right. I thought you were just happy now. So yeah, really, really bad voice acting. And the worst part is like during the first part of the game when you just wake up. And by the way, not all the voice acting is that bad. Like some okay. of it's pretty good. But so when you first wake up and you're like, oh, I don't know who I am. Now I'm bald and I'm cut up and like I'm all I look like sausages. I don't know what to do. I look like sausages. <laughs> like you, you wake up and you walk around and, and he's like, there's a button over there. There's got to be some way I can press that button. I feel like I was able to focus on it with just my mind. Maybe if I try hard enough and then you hold down the L button and you do the psychic thing. Oh, my God. How did I do that? I must have these weird powers, and it's it's very like you're it's it's very contrived. Like I am talking out loud to no one, but I'm talking to myself because this is a tutorial, and it's so like I don't know. Like I, I, you know, I'm not a game designer. I I can't sit there and tell you like how I would have done it differently, but to, you know, and, and this is something that I think they figured out as the years went by how to kind of do tutorialized mission without being all like, oh, you need to like like I need to do this and I need to make this part of my story. Like I think they've just given up and saying, look, there's nothing wrong with tooltips. Uh, there's nothing wrong with tooltips, and, and I, I I agree. There's nothing wrong with them. Like that's you true. Just, let him appear and like and it's fine but like he's like every single step he's taking i have to figure out how to make this power work for me i have to figure out uh, there must be some other objects in this environment that i can interact with and it's like are you reading it from like a developer's guide come on <laughs> and like and then like 
I feel like okay, so so he needed to heal himself, and he's like, oh my god, I feel so bad, I, I I'm hurt, oh my god, what's happening to me, arg arg, arg? oh I feel much better. Uh, I'm exaggerating. He's like, oh okay okay. Oh my god, I feel better now. My psychic powers must let me heal myself, and then it goes to heal yourself. Choose this from the menu and whatever. And I'm just like, uh, I, I, again, there's nothing really wrong with it. But I think this is what happens when you buy a game in like 2004 or whenever it came out, or 2003, and you play it in 2011. Mm, wow! How? Yeah. Wow! I gotta look this up now. It's it's kind of like like games like Zelda. Like they, you know, it's like oh, go to Death Mountain and they color Death Mountain in purple. <laughs> but they still do that today. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I, I don't know. So let's see. Second Sight Game. This came out in 2004. Uh, and then let's see. PsyOps came out in 2004. So they were, yeah, they, they were pretty much the same, around the same time. So it was one of those, like, Armageddon versus Deep Impact. Oh, a Bug's Life versus Ants type of thing where it's like, ah, two same games. Which one's better? Yeah. Um, and again, Psyops, I heard, was the better one. But 24 the game, which, you know, was an affront to my 24 fandom because I thought it was a shitty game. Uh, there's a pinball 24 game? Uh-huh. What? Is it just a pinball game with 24, like, graphics? I, I guess so. I mean, you're talking about pinball, like, the actual... Pinball machine, not like a video game pinball. Ah, pinball machine, yeah. Pinball. yeah so yeah, 24 there's... the Game t- came out in 2006, and so, yes, so Tekken Sight did it first. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see, 24 Pinball Game. It's probably like Terminator Pinball Game, which is actually pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just a 24 game with like with like a picture of Kiefer, every, with like a couple of pictures of Kiefer any, everywhere, and like logos everywhere, and like a picture of Chloe. And then it says Stern. Hmm? I don't know what that means. It says Stern on the machine, and I'm going to paste this to you. Stern. Oh. All right. Loading. 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 Stern. Stern. That's that's a part of the, the LED display, too. So it's yeah. like... So it's um, like, what? Was there a character named Stern that I forget? Which is impossible, because I know no. like almost every character by heart, which is false. Dave does. No. The, the people who make it. Stern Electronics. Oh. Crap. Okay. That's crappy. <laughs> Um, let's see what else I've been playing. I think that's about it. I downloaded Mario's Prick Cross just because. Even though I asked you if they had the same, like, puzzles, and you didn't know, and I didn't know, and I should have gone and looked it up. played it. <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm saying I should have gone and looked it up before I spent the $4 on it, but I said, fuck it. And now I have it, and I hope it doesn't have all the same puzzles. Yeah, um, I doubt it, it most likely does not have all the same puzzles, uh, but... It's well, possible what I... that Picross might, like Picross DS, might have um, like a section that has all the levels from. That's Mars, what I, but... that that's what I meant. That's yeah. what I meant. So, uh, that's all I've been playing. I think uh, unless Edu's going to write this mail, we can move on safely to the next section, okay. and leave it to Al to be the news anchor for the day in dun, dun, video dun. game news today. Another kid stabbed another kid and said it was Manhunt's fault. And Jack Thompson rejoices. But he can't rejoice because he's disbarred, that fucking cunt rag. Anyway, we will be right back. Mm-hmm. 
We have returned from the laundry room and the pee-pee room. We're all laundried and pee-peed out. Mm-hmm. But we're not newsed out. Mm-mm. Because we have some news to talk about. Al, news host, what news do we have to talk about? What do you want to hit, hit us off with your shit? Not, not um. literally. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to jump around here because it's fun. Jump around. Jump around. Um, jump, up, jump up and get down. quick. That involves cake. Jump, jump, jump. Catherine, which uh, I had the pleasure of purchasing a couple of days after its release, has sold 200,000 copies in its first week. And Atlas made a cake, took a picture of it, and um, that's it. It's great. In a cake. It's great. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Um, Borderlands 2 is a game. That's coming sometime. And uh, No year? No release year? Let's see. Post-apocalyptic shooter Borderlands is getting a sequel. It's called Borderlands 2. It is currently <laughs> developed by Gearbox. And uh, it's coming for 360, PS3, and PC. Quotes. Combining invention and evolution, Borderlands 2 features all new characters, skills, environments, enemies, weapons, and equipment, which come together in an ambitiously crafted story, said publisher 2G Games in an official statement. Players will reveal secrets and escalate mysteries of the Borderlands universe as they adventure across the unexplored new areas of Pandora. Borderlands 2 is scheduled to be released between April 2012 and spring 2013. <laughs> That's a big-ass window. Wow. Uh, wow. More information can be found on the latest issue of Game Informer, which is somewhere in my kitchen and I didn't really care for. So... Um, <laughs> I I also s- subscribe to Game Former Game Informer Digital, so I don't have to worry about throwing away a magazine every month. So I just got an email about that yesterday. Wait, but you're still getting the magazines. Yeah, just digital. But you said no it's paper. Your, you said it's in your kitchen. No, I just that's the one I got when I uh, got my power. And, oh, yeah, the one, the only one. Uh, so that's that's done. Uh. <clears throat> Square Enix, they are um, reviving True Crime, the True Crime Hong, Hong Kong, Kong game that yep. was supposed to be coming from Activision when they, uh, I think they sold the studio or something. Uh, Square Enix is bringing it back, but apparently it's not going to be called True Crime. Oh, um, what are they doing? Let's see. Uh, True Crime game can by publisher Activision earlier this year has been revived. It just won't bear the true crime name at its new home. Final Fantasy, Deus Ex, and Hitman publisher Square Enix. Uh, Gamasutra reports that the game true once crime, known as Midgar. True Crime <laughs> True Crime Hong Kong has been snapped up by a Japanese publisher. The multi-platform game is still in development at Vancouver-based United Front Games, but is now being managed by Square Enix London Studios. The entity originally founded by Square Enix owned Eidos in 2008. Oh, it's no longer Luxoflux? Do they still even exist? I don't even think so. You read, I'll look it up while I eat and read. Square Enix London Studios general manager Lee Singleton tells Gamsutra that the true crime acquisition will be, quote, a fantastic opportunity to create a new and unique franchise, which gamers will come to know and love for years to come. We'll see about that. Square Enix did not acquire the True Crime IP, however, and the game will carry on with a new name. Um, who knows? Activision closed Luxaflex last February. 
as in February 10. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Activision officially announced True Crime in 2009, anticipating late 2010 released. It was ultimately delayed until 2011, then outright canceled by Activision, which said the title just wasn't going to be good enough. So I was listening to the Giant Bombcast, and... Hmm. So, I think what it was was not that, oh, it's not going to be good enough. They meant, okay, that's probably what they had to say, right? To justify yeah, Colonial. That's what they had. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. But I think what that really meant was it's not going to be a blockbuster. So right. It's not going to sell enough for their standards. Right. right. And that, that, that came from Patrick Klepek, um, who's actually working at EGM. Um, I think the digital magazine, um, after EGM rose from the ashes, um, when they were actually invited to do a story on the game, and it actually looked pretty good, um, you know, which which is surprising because you know everyone said that. I think Streets of L- Streets of LA was the 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 first and somewhat decent one, right? Yeah, it was the first one, and I, I enjoyed it. I went through the whole game. And then the second one was the one that was shit. Yeah, the second one I couldn't even like play it for twenty minutes, and I don't know why I didn't. <clears throat> I don't know why I didn't sell it when uh, I went and sold all those games because I think it's still still sitting there somewhere. On my, it's on my rack. I'm pretty sure it's on my rack. Yep, it's right there next to Virtual Fighter Four. Because I keep saying that I, I, I should I should give it more of a chance. No, 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 no! You shouldn't. You were it right the tough. first time. No, yeah. no. Because I was all about it, and then I was all like, "Oh yeah, it's got Red Man in it." And Red then it's got that nasty-looking dude that used to be on the Howard Stern show. I forget his name. That nasty-looking dude. Yeah, some little midget dude. Not midget. Some short dude with a uh, high-ass voice. I forget what his name is. doesn't matter because he's Baba ugly. Booey, Baba Booey, Howard Stern's penis, Baba Booey. Ew. I don't know. No. Anyways. Baba Booey. Um... Shall I move on? Uh huh. Sure. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Capcom for a minute. Oh, what the fuck are they doing? Uh, they're play. They're they're working on Street Fighter Four. <laughs> oh, really? Now? Yeah. Uh, I got this article here from Kotaku that uh says that Street Fighter Four was released in 2010. Uh, this year in 2011, Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition was released. What about next year? 2012 is getting a Super Street Fighter 4. At the EVO Fighting Game Championship, Capcom revealed that it was working on Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition version 2012. Oh my... Oh, oh, oh. Details about this updated version are forthcoming, though last December Capcom's Seth Killian said that Arcade Edition will be the last version of Street Fighter 4. Guess we'll get a 2012 version. I feel like... I feel like this is the shit that killed fighting games in the first place. Yep. I mean, okay, so... So, do, Street, Fighter, Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition 2000... Uh, arcade 2012 Edition... Is that... Go, I, I'm really, really, really wondering like if they really think they can get away with selling this shit. Because I don't know if it's going to be a, a home thing. I mean, being that why, it says arcade why, edition, it... right? That's the distinction. If it's just like, yo, we're putting version three point one out there, fine. 
But if it's, hey, guess what? Remember Arcade Edition? Well, this is more Arcader. And you Arcader. can buy this one, too, for $40. And it's, or, or you can download it for another $15. And it's like, dude, stop. You know? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like if they're going to do something like this, then I think it should be a... Depending on what they're changing, and I can't imagine what they'd be changing uh, at this point, it should be uh, a downloadable patch for free. Very true. If they want people to give a shit, and they don't want people to be like, oh, they're doing this again, like, I, I say should, it probably won't, I don't know, like, but I, I just feel like it's it's enough. I mean, okay, so what else are they fucking doing? Alright, so they, they came out with <laughs> Ultimate, and, and, and Ron, I know you're gonna hate me for this, but you, I'm sorry, they're wrong. Um, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. When did Marvel vs. Capcom 3 come out? Like, earlier this year? Yeah, earlier and, this year. And, and when is Ultimate coming out? Like, soon? Uh, I think the end of the year. Ah! Do you ah! have Marvel vs. Capcom 3? No. No, I don't. Yeah, I do. I played it for like three days. That sucks. <laughs> I really want to go and play it, but I just feel like... Um, I don't know. I, well, I don't know. <laughs> it. I mean, this is the type. Okay, so what? Let's see what they're changing. Um. Let's see. A standalone update to Marvel vs. Capcom Three featuring new characters. I'm reading from Giant Bomb. Yeah, it's twelve characters. I know that. Was first revealed on July. Twelve characters, eight new stages. Brand new modes and a more comprehensive online experience and killing what a rebalanced game. See, that's the thing that they always do. They always say we're retweaking the game so you, we can't do a patch. Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't know. I, I feel like are, are these are these characters gonna be available as DLC in the original game? Probably not. I think, like, I think I read somewhere, and I think it might have been on a gigantic video game thread that we were on with, with all our friends, where Gideon was like, I read, no, there is going to be none. And then Ron was like, you, you guys are all haters. This game is going to be great. Of course, because he has to. <laughs> it's his job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally. But, I mean, no. We're not haters. We're not wrong. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, how, how do you do this and not, not offer a downloadable update to those who already have the previous one? And I know, I know, I know it, it's, it, you know... That's how they make their money. They could do whatever they they can do whatever they want. Sure, and people have the uh, right to like it and not like it. Right, and I don't like it, and I'm not gonna buy into that shit. Like I didn't buy Marvel's Capcom Three. I was eventually gonna buy it, and then I was like, you know what? When this came out, I'm like, you know, what? I'm just not gonna touch this game out of principle because mm-hmm. well, what happens? I buy Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom Three, and then maybe they put out like. Super califragilistic Marvel Capcom three or some shit. Like <laughs> six months later, really? Like how? Like after all, I feel like they built up a lot of goodwill, and now they're just like, "Yo, guess what? <laughs> We're gonna take advantage of it." And it's just, it's ridiculous. I I, I think that um, the rebalancing, fine. If you want to put out a new version with all this shit and just be like, "This is the updated version," great. But don't leave the other people out in the cold. Like, yo, guess what? If you got the original Marvel's Capcom 3, well, you're going to have to pay $40 more for, for all this shit. 
um, that we're not going to let you download piecemeal. Like, I-, I can bet you that they probably make just as much money, if not more, by charging for DLC for each character that you may or may not want and say, like, okay, this character... I don't know. What, what, what's the going rate for the DLC on the characters? Um, I think $5. $5, Character. okay. So $5, uh, 12 new fighters. Like 60 bucks. That's 60 bucks right there. But at least you're giving someone the option to be like, yo, I... You know, I don't want to go out and buy this new disc. I don't need twelve new fighters. I might want five. You know, and let let us make that choice. So I really hope, and I know what they're going to say. Well, these new characters are balanced differently. Blah 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 blah. And then you can't really say anything to that. What can you say to that? Well, there's a lot you can say to that. I mean, there's a lots. I mean, all right. Think about it like this. Blizzard. Oh, they come out think. with. Oh, I hate thinking. But go ahead. <laughs> they come out with. Um, you know, World of Warcraft. And they come out with three expansions so far, right? Mm-hmm. Now, each of those three expansions are upgrades, tweaking and new additional characters. It's pretty much like the exact same concept, but more complex because of the type of game it is than Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 in this particular situation. But you could own... World of Warcraft, the original, the base vanilla model, and still be able to play World of Warcraft as intended with all the tweaks, just without the access to the areas that are restricted by the expansions and without the characters that are given and the the different classes and things like that. So technically, they can release a patch and have you patch Marvel vs. Capcom 3 to have the tweaks of Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, but not give you the characters yeah, and the I, stages. I, I think that you're, you're spot on. I guess what I mean is simply, like, y- you can argue that until, like, your dick falls off, and they're just going to be like, nope, too big for a patch. Nope. Right, Xbox and it's very possible it. nope, that... Nope, 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 we're Capcom. I was going to say, it's possible that Xbox may not... Well, Xbox. Microsoft may not let them do it, um... Because of limits and things and like I, that, but that should that. be a free patch. I fucking hate that. It's it's. it's ugh. Uh, I mean, you you got that. You got the fucking oh another Street Fighter, and then like oh yeah, hey Mega Man Legends three is canceled, and you know what? You know what? We're gonna tweet and we're gonna say it's the fans' fault, even though it's not really what they said. Like there was that, and then like the whole what what's this demo that you have to pay for? Oh um yeah, there's a a Japanese game. That is called. Give me a second. Give me a second. It is called. It's called. Give me a second. Wow. No. That's what she said. Uh, Nazawaki Yakata. Nazawaki Yakata. Um, it's it's a game that uses none of the 3DS's buttons. Um, it basically relies on sound and the microphone for gameplay. Uh, this game is available in the Japanese 3DS eShop. For 200 yen, first chapter. Mm. Now, of course, that equates to about two and a half dollars. But their Capcom is—they have this thing out, and it's essentially a demo of the full game. Uh, according to the article, Capcom isn't calling it a demo, but as a small offering of a full standalone retail product that went on sale this week. So the actual full game also came out. I... It's it's not even like a teaser or a preview. It's essentially a demo, and you got to pay for the demo. 
or you could buy the whole game for 3DS. What are they, what are they doing? What are they doing? They must be uh, having financial issues. Like, and again, uh, again, Dead Rising Case Zero was a unique piece of content that you could pay five dollars for and play for I don't know like two hours like you know and 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 there there was replay value so great great this does not seem to be like a unique piece of content this seems to be like yo this is what you're getting you know with the game that you're gonna buy so like p- please double dip because we want to make money off of you what what do they do and then and then the, the other fiasco with the whole like yo we realize that Resident Evil Mercenaries is kind of a shitty game that we're just trying to milk you off of money. Guess what? You also can't erase your save data if you wanted to. So, like... Well, I know, and I know that, like, you know, used game retailers aren't, like, balking. They're like, whatever, just, you know, just give us the cart. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I think GameStop was just like, we're not doing anything differently. But, like... Yeah, why should they? <laughs> right. Uh, well, I mean, like, like they could, they could say, hey, because of this, we will not accept trade-ins for mercenaries. Right, and that would just hurt them. Yeah, in a certain respect it would, but then there's also the perspective that people will be like, I'm not getting a fucking used copy of that game, I can't get it fresh. Very true. So, like, it's give or take, but, you know, they're just like, yeah, we're not doing it, so that's fine, but it's like, what? Like, what's, like, this one isn't even, like, offensive because mercenaries is a shit game anyways, sorry I said it, but, like, I'm like, why, why? Are they eating mushrooms? Did they like lick a barnacle off a toad or something and and you know get high? I don't. Under- I I don't. Al, I don't get it. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help I, I don't them. Know how? I'm 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 looking at this trailer for Nazawaku Yakata. What do I pay you for? Paying me. <laughs> I know I don't pay you anything. <laughs> Um, wow, that, that game looks kind of unique, obviously. Um, I don't know, it looks like it uses the the 3DS motion, and I don't know, it looked like you could use the buttons, because you were, like, hitting stuff, but you probably have to blow on the mic, I don't know. Uh, blow on a mic. Just blow, just a, a quick... on the mic. I, I know I'm not talking about uh, Resident Evil at the moment, but... I have to read the uh, the article about this game. Mm-hmm. Um, mysterious puzzle game. Capcom's Nazuaku Yakata is a... Nazuaku Yakata! <laughs> mysterious puzzle game. That ditches buttons. Bye-bye buttons. Directed by Minoru Nakai, who previously... What the fuck? Oh. Who previously worked on Resident Evil Deadly Silence DS. Mm-hmm. The game features art by Tadahiro Uesugi and a scenario by Yukinori Kitajima who wrote Sega Adventure Game 428 for the Wii and most recently Okamiden for the DS. Players investigate goings-on in various rooms. The game does not use any of the buttons on the 3DS. It is a sound-based adventure game that uses the mic and gyroscope as well as the touchscreen. I think I heard about that. Uh, I haven't seen the game's official English spelling, although Andrea Sang is reporting that that last <laughs> that last kanji character is being written as Yakata. Yakata. Okay, what is so, the name of all the people involved again? 
it's not very very weird or different or anything but moving on to stuff um, there is a, an article another uh, all my stuff is coming from Kotaku because that's just where my feed comes from mm. um, there is an article here about games and how much they should cost as spoken oh, by <laughs> as spoken by what they call the Skyrim chief uh, the title of the article is Skyrim Chief. More games should cost $29, but not Skyrim. <laughs> uh, yo, yo, yo. Just... I think that game prices are way too fucking expensive, except for ours. Ours is a shit. Yeah, ours is worth the money, not theirs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a safe bet that Bethesda's upcoming RPG Skyrim will offer enough hours of gameplay to merit its $60 price tag, which I won't pay. <laughs> <laughs> However, while speaking to PSM3, Skyrim director Todd Howard shared his Oh, it is Todd. Okay. That while his game will be worth every penny, many other games are not. Quote, I do think industry-wide we would benefit from more games out at $19 or $29, he said. I would try more games because I'm not going to try a game for $60. Try games.net! <laughs> It's a tough decision. <laughs> this statement echoes one made by Bastion's creative director. Crowd. Audience. When I spoke with him earlier this week. From Kasavin's uh, point of view, the $60 price point presents an opportunity for smaller developers like his own Supergiant Games. Quote, as more of these games try to stretch out the experience to justify their $60 price tag, he said, there will be an opportunity for these smaller games to just sort of get in there and deliver a meaningful experience to someone relatively quickly but still provide a lot of value. These developers are raising some good questions about how much consumers are asked to pay for their games and whether the games themselves are really worth it. This writer has no problem with paying $60 for Skyrim when it launches, but it sure would be nice to see the industry standard drop a bit. Well, yeah, I would like to see the industry standard drop too. You know why? Because I find every way not to pay $60 for a fucking video game that comes out new that I want. Yeah. If Even if it means having to buy another game with it <laughs> to justify my purchase. <laughs> of, you know, like I got Portal 2 and Mortal Kombat 3. and that I'm, was not buy gonna, one. I'm not going to pay $60 for this one video game, but I'll pay 100 for these two. That I might exactly, because that'll make them both fifty dollars. Yeah, even though you might not play the other one. Even though I'm well, this in this particular <laughs> situation I did, but the other situation which uh, revolves around Need for Speed, uh, Hot Pursuit, and Spider Man, uh, Shattered Dimensions, I bought one and got one for five dollars. Guess which one I got for five dollars? Uh, Spider Man. No, I'm playing Spider-Man. Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, which is still oh, in the wrap. Oh, duh. <laughs> so if I ever decide, before I even take off the wrap, that I want to sell it because I know I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to play it, and you, you, the multiplayer you stand is completely to dead, I stand the profit. Just like uh, Unless you sell it in 10 years when like it becomes five cents. Right. Um, you know, like I, I profited, quote, unquote, off of some of the games that I sold for Catherine, like Skate, which I got for free because... Uh, because the Rockman guitar not working and I had to send oh. it back. And uh. EA said, oh, let's send you a game. And they sent me Skate and I played for five minutes. I'm like, ah, it's all right. <laughs> and I never touched it, so I sold it. And guess what? I made a couple cents off of it. and that cents? <laughs> I think I made like a dollar off of it. Okay, I don't yeah, remember. Actually, no, I think Skate might have been a little bit more um, 
it, it might have been worth a little more. And I don't have my. Do I have the receipt here? I know I had the receipt somewhere around here, but maybe I don't. Um, if I find that receipt, I would like to rattle off some of the more expensive trade-ins that I had, yeah. but I don't have it. So anyway, moving on. <clears throat> Skyrim worth sixty dollars? Show enough. <laughs> yeah. You know, is, there, is and, there any more to that article? No, that's the article. I was going to mention that um, on the flip side, today, uh, at least until uh, 1 o'clock, the Elder Scrolls pack is being sold on Steam, and it includes Oblivion Game of the Year Edition Deluxe and Morrowind Game of the Year Deluxe uh, Game of the Year Edition for 67% off at a total price of $15. Uh, I don't want to play Morrowind, and I already have Oblivion. Yeah, I already have Oblivion on uh, Xbox, and I have Morrowind on Steam, so I'm not going to get it. Uh, that's so tempting, though, just to not have to put in the disc, but it's not worth $15 to not put in the disc. And, ow, oh, ow, I just stabbed my foot on my subwoofer. Uh, you stabbed your foot on yourself? On the corner of my subwoofer. Oh, ow, that hurts. Um, I, uh, beyond all the whole, like, yo, my game is worth it, but these shits ain't. Like, besides, mm-hmm. beyond making fun of that. Like, I, on a consumer level, I totally feel like, like that would be such such a boon. Like, it, it, it like you said, it's like, yeah, I find I find any way that I can not to pay full price on a game, um, and I think that I I certainly do think that uh, that any type of Oblivion game justifies a I'm not gonna say sixty dollars because I still don't believe in that standard, but it justifies the ceiling. Yeah. For what one should pay for a game. However, the the I guess the kind of like intangible danger that I that I kind of see with that is like how do you start to determine um how do you start to determine what content is? Do you go by hours? Do you go by depth? Do you go by variety? Do you go by quality, which is so subjective. Yeah. You know? What do you start doing, and then like, I, I mean, I just don't. And and this obviously for a consumer, it doesn't like the cheaper the better. Who cares? But from from the game maker's perspective, like, then how do they determine that? And then how does that affect how they build a game? Because then when a publisher goes in and they say, "Yo, we need to make this a sixty dollar fucking game because we want to make the money off of this, and you got to turn it into this," and they're like, "But it's not that." Well, you gotta, but we can't. Well, you slap on an open world aspect to it, and you make it happen. But shut up, do it. You know, <laughs> it's like, like what happens then? Like, it, it's what was a parallel scenario? I'm trying to think. There was something that we talked about recently, where it was like, like changing the way that you make your game based on like what other. I, I don't know, but it, I, I just see that that as a danger because like it's the same. It's the same kind of dilemma that reviewers have. It's just like. So, do we call this a better game because there are more hours in it? Like, aren't there... Like, it, it's... it. I don't know if you remember, when Tony was back on the... Po- when, was still on the podcast, we were talking about Portal, and he goes, I think it's too short. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, why is that? He's like, a game like that, like, like a game shouldn't be four hours. And I'm like, why not? And he's like, it's too short. And I'm like, well, depending on how you build a game, sometimes it pays to have it contained within a certain time frame. It's built Very that true. way. It should be that way. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. keep going. Like with a movie or a TV show. Like, oh, this show was eight seasons long, and it was three seasons too long. Oh no, no, there's no such thing as too long. Y- yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. When, when you're, you're trying out of ideas, <laughs> right? 
run out of ideas or it's like when you try to craft an experience that's targeting something you know the amount of time that you put into it from beginning to end does count the amount of content that you put into it does count you know and so when you're reviewing a game trying to like and people say yo you gave why why you gave this game like i remember on 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 cheap ass gamer and you know far be it for me to actually ever go to them for any opinions because i don't agree with them ever although their mm-hmm. site is awesome like they were like why would anybody play uh why would anybody bother playing something like um no, not something like they actually called out um, uh, Twilight Princess. They're like, why are people going gaga over Twilight Princess? There's so much more to do in Oblivion. And I'm like, that can't be the only metric that you measure your experience by. If that's what you like, that's fine. But the fact that you don't understand why some people would rather have a self-contained experience that's crafted versus something that just lets you do what you want and isn't necessarily... Because I love Oblivion. I-, I absolutely love it. But like, the biggest problem with it is that it's really unfocused. Which is also, like, for some people, the biggest strength. So for me, I'd rather play Twilight Princess than Oblivion. Not by much, but I would. So, like, the, the fact that they can't understand that that's what pe- some people go for is like, all right, well, you obviously don't get it, you know? And so sure. then it goes back to, like, oh, well, we're just going to stuff shit into this game until it's bleeding out of its ass. Ew. Well, you don't, you don't get why someone might have liked your game the way it was, but now... To hit that sixty dollars price point, you're you're doing that, and then you get to something like Deadly Premonition, which was a long game, which I never played, but like that was at least thirty or forty hours or something insane really? like that. What? Wow. Yeah. Well, consider this. Okay, consider this. Um, maybe not thirty, but Giant Bomb did an endurance run of that game, and each endurance run episode was between forty minutes and an hour or so, and they had forty-five of those things. Wow. So that's at least 20 hours. Um, And it's like, well, that came out as a budget game. Well, again, how do you determine what the price is? Do you determine because no one's going to like it? Or do you say, no, well, the publisher is like, well, no, this is X amount of hours. So we're going to slap $50 onto it. And then the game is not going to sell because we base it solely on the hours. You know? And I know that, that I know that that's not saying that... I'm not... I know that uh, he's not saying that, oh, you know... Y- you need to actually base it on this criteria. I know he's not saying that, but I feel like the publishers or whoever else, they might take it that way. Oh, surely they not, would. Not that they would listen to him just to listen to him, you know, but if they decided to do something like this, they'd be like, yo, this game, this, this Grand Theft Auto 6 game is going to be bigger than ever. We're going to charge $100 for it. Mm. And there's going to be a secret hooker they can rape. Hot coffee, yeah. And then we're going to take it out and then charge like... $80 for that, and then charge like $150 for the secret hot coffee one. No. It's, you know, it's like, you, you don't know how are they going to react. And, like, I right now, I, I, I guess, I guess they mostly base it on a combination of what they think the market is going to be like, and the amount of investment they made into the game. But suppose, you know, you have a five-hour game, hmm, I was going to bring up Call of Duty, but the multiplayer is, like, infinite. But let's say you had a five-hour experience Mm -hmm. that they put a whole shitload of money into because of the graphics and because of the voice acting, because of this and because of that and because of the advertising campaign and because they know that it's going to sell into the millions. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. How can you ever convince someone to... 
to 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 go more for a value proposition as opposed to a uh, uh, I don't know what you call the other thing, but like they they rarely go by value propositions now. Like the, your only hope is just to go make a fucking downloadable game and, and charge. Even then, like <clears throat> a lot of downloadable games used to be ten. Now they're fifteen. I can't wait till the day when they go up to twenty. <laughs> they will most Cause likely because they will. They want that money. So, I don't know. Um, oh, random. Speaking of downloadable games, Bastion uh, for PC has been greenlit, I think, and it's not out greenlit, on the 16th. but it's, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, so there's a release date, and apparently you can nab the soundtrack now. So, yeah. Is that if you pre-order? Or is that for free? I think it's free. Oh, I love you guys. Oh, www.bastionsoundtrack.com. Where are you? Bastion Soundtrack. <laughs> it's all over Twitter, to tell you uh, the truth. Um, I don't remember what the link was. Oh, Bastion Soundtrack out today for $10. Oh, it is $10. Wah, wah. That made an erection go limp. Anyway, what's next? Um, What is next? What uh, is Diablo next? Talk. Daibo. All right, your baby. Well, not my baby. Your baby, your little baby devil. Just patiently waiting for uh, that to patiently come out. Patiently waiting. Uh, well, one of the latest developments in Diablo is that a uh, well. there was like a there's a beta like kind of floating around in the uh, the alpha phase. It's not you know developers are presenting the demo to journalists and stuff yep. like that and some core fans and. We like the core gamer. That's probably going to be released soon. And Diablo 3 is still slated for 2011, but they don't know when. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it'll slip to 2012. But the latest uh, news is the announcement that Diablo 3 requires an always-on... Not an always-on. It requires an internet connection to play. Okay, so you have to log in, but you don't have to have it always on? You do have to have it always on. You have to okay. have it on while you're playing. But I'm not saying it requires a broadband connection always on, quote-unquote, even though it, no one really what? uses anything less than a broadband connection these days. I hope not. That's why I was wondering why you said that. Right. I, I mean, like I said, I just wanted to not say requires an always-on connection just, I think it requires an always-on broadband connection for it to not suck, maybe. Right. <laughs> but it requires just an internet connection, period, just to, to be able to play. It's basically like an, an MMO or uh, a, one of these games that Ubisoft is coming out with now uh, as a form of anti-piracy. But people are pissed off about it. Um, people have a right to be pissed off about it. There was a lot of conversation about how people want to play Diablo 3 like on their laptop at the airport or in the airplane if there's yeah. no Wi-Fi. And, you know, there are a lot of people who uh, are arguing against that, saying, well, there are other games you can be playing, uh, which, yeah, that's not really but the point. if that's not what they want, you know, it, it, they want to have the ability to be able to play the game if they want, whenever the hell they want, which what? makes sense. So you can't even you can't even smell it like you can't play it offline and just not get any benefits right which you, which I know makes probably, no sense but like suppose you just had the itch to click on things like you couldn't even just do that no you have to be on on the internet just like how with World of Warcraft you um you can't do anything 
if you don't have an internet connection. You have to log in. And, and most of the reason why this is set according to Blizzard is that uh, it's because of the, the infrastructure with Battle.net. And I think that they're probably trying to do more of this integration. Uh, and it, here's a quote. It says, uh, I'm actually... Uh, well, let me go a little bit back. Yeah, here. yeah, no, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just struggling with this idea because of StarCraft 2, but... Uh, Reading from the article itself, uh, this is Blizzard VP of Online Technologies, Robert Breidenbecker, says in his view with MTV Multiplayer, quote, I'm actually kind of surprised in terms of there even being a question in today's age around online play and the requirement around that. We've been doing online gameplay for 15 years now, and with World of Warcraft and our roots in Battle.net, and now with Diablo 3, it really is just the nature of how things are going, the nature of the industry. False. Very false. Uh, when you look at everything you get by having that persistent connection on the servers, you cannot ignore the power and draw of that. Uh, according to Breidenbecker, the decision has nothing to do with DRM and everything to do with how the game functions. Oh, okay. You, you, I, I, you, I'm sorry to jump in. I just, I just want to say, like, I, I can understand that. I can totally understand that. I don't know what your viewpoint on it is, but like, look, if they built the game to run in a certain way, and they're 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 creating features that requires you to be online at all times, fine. Then that that's the game that they made, and it's just not designed to be played offline. I, I I'm fine with that. Like, mm-hmm. World of Warcraft is, and I'm not saying that this is going to be a World of Warcraft, but it it is rooted in the very idea that you have to be online at all times. So people can't be pissed off at that. They can't be like, oh, wow, you need to be online at all times. That game sucks. And it's like, no. It's it's what was it, it's what it was designed for. You know? Yes, Th- that's exactly. what it is. And so if that's the route they're taking with Diablo, saying, look, just because, it's not an, just because it's not an MMO doesn't mean that we're not taking advantage of these features, then I'm okay with it. I think that arbitrarily saying, yo, you got to be online just because we said so, is you know, like Assassin's Creed 2 requiring you to log in online to get your save file, which I hate. The, the, I'm talking about the PC version. Like, I yeah, hate yeah. that. I absolutely abhor that because I do want to play that shit in the airplane or the airport, you know? Um, and if you know what I mean, but like, like if if they're really designing it, fine. I guess if people want to get mad, then they should be like, yo, this is not the game that I expected you to design, at which point it's just like, fine, then just don't fucking play it. Right, and, and of course, everyone wants to be able to have their say, although their intentions are still to buy the game, and there's nothing wrong with that. You just have to expect other people to disagree right. with you. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just like, like, yo, I want to play Diablo 3. Why do you want to play it? Because I feel like Diablo 3 is going to be a certain thing. Well, it's going to be online persistently, and so it's not going to be that thing that you expected because they're doing it for – they're designing the game around that persistence. Well, that's wrong then. Like, I wanted to play this, and, like, it, it, it needs to not be online. I was like, you, well, you really don't want to play this because what you want is not what it's going to be. So if you're going to complain about anything, complain about the fact that you're not getting what you want, but, you know, it's nice to want things, as Shane Bettenhausen used to say. It's nice to want things. Mm. You know, like, again, if it was like, yo... We just want you to log on because we can make you do that, and we're Blizzard, and you'll do whatever we say. Then people, you know, fuck you. You know, that's not cool. There's no reason for that, but there is a reason. It seems. I don't know what they could be. Like, 
what do you think they might be like? Did they talk about anything that they're doing with the game? That yeah, actually, I just pulled up a one-up article that has a oh, list nice. of um, things that Rob Pardo had said. Uh, these are the improvements that to Diablo three that makes Battle.net a necessity. Mm. Uh, specific additions that he refers to include A, a persistent friends list, B, cross-game chat via the Real ID system, uh, which is already in play with World of Warcraft and StarCraft II, mm-hmm. uh, persistent characters that are stored server-side, no more having to play online once every 90 days, nor any item duplication cheats. No more having to play online once every 90 days. You just have to play every day. Well, no, no. It's just that um, the in Diablo two and the original Diablo, you would lose your character if you didn't oh, play. Oh, I see. Ev- once okay. every night. Okay, days. now I understand. Okay. Uh, persistent party system, player versus player, and public game matchmaking, dynamic drop in and out for co op, uh, larger item stash that gets shared among all your characters at the moment up to ten, uh, the auction house, which I'm going to explain after this. Uh, the achievement system and detailed stat tracking, both of which feed into the final point. The banner system, a visual way to display your prowess in the game. Banners start out like emblems, where you can choose from an array of symbols, patterns, and overall shape design. Then you can tweak its appearance through achievements and other accomplishments. Examples part of sites include whether the character is in hardcore mode, how many achievements have been earned, how many PvP victories, and so forth. Additionally, the banners also have gameplay features in-game, rather than use the town portal, you can click on a player's banner to instantly teleport over to that player. Uh, now, just, uh, you know, in in reference to the other games to play, this is the main reason why I clicked on this link, uh, the article goes on to say, while Pardo recognizes that people sometimes want or need to play offline, such as internet outages or playing on a laptop during an airplane flight, he notes that the increased security plus benefits like the above outweigh those other concerns. I want to play Diablo 3 on my laptop in a plane, but, well, there are other games to play for times like that. That's what he said. Uh, I I mean, what else can you say? I can say that all of those features that you listed off are, are, are not what I expected when you say, like, I'm designing the way that the game functions. Like, all those shits, yes, they will need an online connection. But it's like... How vital are they to the actual gameplay mechanics that require you to be online? Like, oh, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm it taking has a very absolutely nothing to do with this. gameplay mechanics. Exactly. Absolutely I'm taking nothing. a very hard stance on this. It's like, look, all that shit's great, but you know what? All that shit that Xbox Live does, when you get an Xbox Live outage, you don't do that stuff. But you can still play your fucking game. Like, that's the thing, is if they're saying, oh, the way the game functions, then great, I understand, and you should... You know, all the things that tie into how you play the game. But, like, things like a banner or chat. Okay, so you're offline. You can't chat with your friends. Big whoop. They, I don't know about you. If I wanted to play Diablo and I knew I was going to be offline, I wouldn't need to chat with my friends anyway. Well, certainly. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, tick a box that says, like, I don't want to chat and then remove that. I, I'm just saying, I, I know... That, it, it sounds like a very Apple stance of, well, we want to control the user experience, so we're not going to let you choose a downgraded experience even if you want it and are expecting it. And I just, I, I just hate that philosophy. I just, I, I just hate it. It's like, let me do shit to my thing if I want to. If I don't know what I'm doing, I won't do anything, but if I want to hack my phone 
you know, let me do it. If I want to play offline, let me do it. If I want to play the spawn mode, and I know that I'm only going to get, like, a limited game, but I just kind of want to kill shit, let me do it. And don't tell me that I should be playing another game. You should want me to play your game. Well, the thing is, in their point of view, you, they, you already own the game. So what does it matter to them whether you're playing it That's all the time point. or not? That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point, but then that just goes to the shifty. Yet we made our money. We don't care. Yep. So, and it's not something like World of Warcraft where they need your money every month. Right. I don't know. I, I you know, I, and I'm, you know, I'm swinging around on this based on pe- what people are saying and based on what I'm getting clarified. Like, I don't have the problem with the principle of we are building our game allow- around online persistence. I do have a problem with, oh, all this shit is uh, there are actually options that, you know, you probably, you, you could still play and have a good experience and you just turn off these things, but we're still going to make you play online anyway. And, like, it's not, it's not such an egregious thing like they're trying to, like, milk, j- jilt you out of something or cheat you. I just think it's a poor, I just think it's a poor decision. Um, in terms of making an experience that will that will that will please the 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 group of your fans that want to play it offline, Very and true. I'm sure that they're substantial. You know, that's not going to stop. You know, my interest has waned in it because I was never I, I never liked Diablo, but I was slightly interested in Diablo three. But like whatever interest I you know I had have in this, that's not this fact does not dissuade me in any way. But from a standpoint of like are people right to be a little pissed about that based on what I'm hearing now? Yeah, I think so. I definitely think so. Like there was a period of time a couple of minutes ago when I said no because then like what you were reading off was like no, they're going to change it, but then like you're like, "Oh, it's it's a banner. It's a chat room." <laughs> you know, great. Thanks. You know, you just pissed off a whole bunch of your fans. Right. For no reason. But I think that this um is also for their own personal security because of the next thing that I'm going to talk about here, which is the uh, Diablo 3 auction house. <clears throat> now, the Diablo 3 auction house is actually capitalizing off of something that has existed in Diablo um, outside of the game for all this, all these 10 years or 15 years or whatever. Okay. And that is the ability to purchase items in-game for real money. Um, have you ever seen eBay, uh, where people are selling items and and stuff like characters, yeah, not characters particularly, but not not accounts, but people are selling these super rare weapons and stuff like that for money. Yes, yeah, and that. then what they do is they um, will meet you in the game and give you the item there or something like that. And I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of shady business going on with that. But yeah. another part of the shady business is that a lot of times those items are duplicated. And oh. um, now this causes a lot of work on Blizzard's end because then they have to come up with ways to combat that. And then they come up with patches that, you know, fight duplication attempts and delete duplicated items. They try and find a way that and a way to identify what items are duplicated and they try and get rid of them on a global scale. The Battle.net connectivity eliminates that because... If you can't duplicate items because you can't tweak the game on your own, like there's another feature about this is and that feature is that um the ability to use mods within the game, which was something that was, you know, a common thing in Diablo and Diablo two, mm-hmm. that's going away. You cannot you know, mods and um, oh. you know community-made versions of Diablo 3 are being banned. And that's also for their security because 
granted, that was a, a big staple of Diablo. A lot of people liked that, and a lot of people liked the, the ability to create their own kinds of games, and a lot of people liked to search the internet for other people's variations of the Diablo system. But that creates the item duplication issue and all that other stuff, and it, it just doesn't mesh with the common community that they're trying to create. Did they now? Did they emphasize these facts when they talked about going online, uh, needing a persistent online connection, or did they just say, "Yep, auction house, that's it"? Um, no, these are all separate things. Uh, the 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 banning of the mods came before the online persistent connection uh, announcement, and I believe that the auction house came out around the same time. But from... I guess I, I guess what I meant though is that like, did they? You know, for all the people who are getting pissed, did they come out and say, "Yo, here are the benefits," and also, like, look, if you want us to be able to run the game the right way with security, we need to do this because of boom, boom, and boom. Uh, well, they do somewhat. Uh, there's okay. a, a part okay. of this article that says uh, Blizzard says the always-on internet connection always helps present, pre- prevent cheating. Item duplication and character hacking, the greater annoyances that would interfere with or completely ruin the Diablo 3 auction house. See, the pe- my, my pendulum is swinging now back to, like, I can understand this now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine if you have an auction house where people are paying real money for items yeah. and it's completely yeah. corrupt. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Like, I just I just feel like, you know, maybe maybe they do uh, – maybe they should just be more clear about that because a lot of – a, a, a lot of – I think what make people mad, what makes people mad is just like, yo, we're doing this for this reason, and and that's done. And it's like, well, no, there are other reasons that like people will understand if you co- like your fans will understand if you come out like, look, people are ganking this shit. We can't control it unless we put it online persistence. And 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 in addition, you get all this good shit. Then some some people might be grumbling, like, okay, we'll fucking buy your game. You know what I mean? Like, and may- maybe I'm just missing this because I haven't been following it. So maybe they did, you know, specify that yo, this is what's happening, and people are still just being like, "Well, I'm on the internet, so I get to be mad." Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people I feel they don't understand, and this is something that I'm familiar with. Um, yeah, and here. I and, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. I think maybe they sh- then they should help them. They shouldn't. They shouldn't have to. But if they don't want people getting mad, they can be like, "Yo, understand. Uh, talk like Obama. Understand and explain." You know, if you do, if you still don't like it, well, then you obviously don't you know don't respect the experience that we're trying to give you, and then that's True. too bad for you. You know, but pendulum yeah. swung. <laughs> I mean, there's 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 um uh this mention here that the one of the reasons why they wanted to uh integrate Diablo three with uh Battle.net. This is Pardo talked about Battle.net's areas for improvement, specifically related to the Diablo experience. This included Diablo 2 gameplay, gameplay annoyances like single-player characters having divided access to the game's multiplayer mode, a lack of persistence in online characters, which can also expire if not regularly played, and the inefficiency of finding, meeting, and making friends online. Uh, cheating, player killing, and a makeshift player-developed economy built on the trading of rare Stones of Jordan from Diablo 2 were also signs that Blizzard... were also signs to Blizzard that it needed to rethink how Battle.net worked with its action RPG. Um, You know, when you pretty much create an economy based on a rare item that can be duplicated, (laughs) um, it it, kind of destroys the nature of the game when you, you know, in-game economy is supposed to be based on gold and gold has no value anymore. Man, I I really... 
sometimes I really miss the simple Carmack days of, I don't give a shit about money. Mod the fuck out of these Doom Wands as much as you want. Because I'm a hacker and I don't care. Take it. It's yours. Do it. I, I don't care. Make a Star Wars thing. Make like a porn thing. I don't care. Just 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 do whatever you want to it. I built it and I'm done. I'm going to go fire a rocket. Yeah, but those are the simple days when I know. Carmack probably had another job. <laughs> that's that's why I said I miss it when there is some. I sometimes miss it when they're simpler. That's yeah, why I said it. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. you know, like so I'm just basically uh, chiming in. <laughs> and even nowadays, I think like his mentality is just like, like he he could if he wanted to, he could be like this the fucking CEO of ID as like one of the co-founders. He's just like I I don't I really don't care. Like, I'm just going to build this engine, talk like a robot, and then, like, go to space. <laughs> and, like, Todd, you go be my CEO. I don't fucking care. You know, I, yeah, engines... I mean, it, that's not in his, um... It's not in his In blood. his agenda. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, it's, I, it's, it's, it's too idealistic, I realize, but, yeah. You know, I, you know what? Mario Brothers. Gonna go play that. <laughs> Take that persistent online connection. Oh, mm-hmm. you 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 get a a constantly renewing pow block with interactive ads. Uh, fuck that. Anyway, anything left on the reel? No, that was last thing. We done. Ooh, my throat hurts from talking like that. Anyway, so where can you find us, Al? Um, here. You can find each one of us at drygames.net on the internet. Al, where can we find you? Where do you live? Uh, I live in various places, I guess. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash dredmage. Twitter.com slash dredmage. Um, there's xlm2k.blogspot.com, which I'll update sometime. And what about your band? Oh, yeah. I have a band, and... Uh, he has a band. That site is uh, rocafuertemusica.com, R-O-C-A-F-U-E-R-T-E, Musica, with an A at the end, mm-hmm, dot com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and you can find their album, Vuelo Letal, which means Lethal Flight. I learned that because Al knows Spanish. Very On the Amazon.com, barely, Amazon.com MP3 downloads list. Make sure to, that make sure that you choose MP3 downloads. There's other places, too. With iTunes. Uh, Spotify, Zune, uh, supposed to be Rhapsody, but who knows. Uh, anywhere where your digital media is served, you should find us. Excellent. Pete, where do you live? Twitter.com slash Riven. That's R-Y-V-V-N. R-Y-V-V-N. And if you like don't you... alcoholics talking about video games and movies, you should follow me on Twitter. Follow <laughs> him on Twitter at ryvvn.com slash twitter.net. That's yes. the only place I live. No, no That's other That's the only important. place to live. No other place is important? Okay. And you can find me, obviously, at Mr. Chupon on Twitter. It's at Mr. Chupon with an O, not a zero. Uh, you can also, obviously, visit us at TryGames.net at TryGames.net, which we rarely update, but one day I will. Uh, you can also visit me at www.SharkVersusOctopus.com, uh, which is nonsense and has nothing to do with video games, but it could. Uh, and that's all the places that I live. Email, 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 email. Email us at mailbag at trygames.net, M-A-I-L-B-A-G at trygames.net, or you could spell it the wrong way, M-A-L-E. And you can also visit Friends of the Site. You can visit 
Our friend Maurice at everyonelovesdinosaurs.com. The other Austin out in the world because there are only two of us and we're both awesome at austindlight.com. Light is spelled the, pro- the appropriate way, like a light bulb. And you can visit Brian Fishman, friend of the site, doctor, and he will save your fucking life as long as you go to his blog, which is called drfishypants.com. Also friends of the site, we've got James Dendy Connor at www.gamesjames.com. That's www.gamesjames.com. Not just one game, but multiple games. And there's also our friend Alex and Gary from That Game Podcast, which is conveniently www.thatgamepodcast.com. Wow. And that's where you find us. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Play that again. You can find each one of us. No, I'm not going to play that again. Uh, anyway, my head is spinning now. I, I'm, I'm like, crashing off of my, like, endorphin high, and now I'm tired again. Aww. So I'm going to go and get the laundry from the dryer and then pass out in the laundry basket, and that would actually not be ideal. But, any last words, Chibipode? Um, nope, nope, nope. There's just a lot of people arguing about back and forth about this Diablo 3 thing and I will say that because you had asked me and didn't get a chance to really say oh, but sorry. I'm cool with Battle.net being online only <clears throat> because I got my good internet connection here and if I didn't have an internet connection I do have a ton of other things to play I wouldn't stress about oh man I can't play Diablo right. now because I didn't pay my internet bill or some stupidness or and I don't have a laptop, really. Um, but I'm all behind what they're doing. And I think it'll create a better environment. And it may encourage me to play with people I don't know. That That's something that I'd never like doing in Diablo right. 2. Yeah. yeah. I certainly don't think it would be a deterrent for me. It would be an annoyance. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, like with Assassin's Creed, I still fucking bought it, knowing full well what I was getting into. Because I was ready for it. It's an that. annoyance, but you know, it, mm, you deal with it. Yeah. I should so go play that's that again. my last word. Pete. Pete's not here. Hi. Okay. Get an internet. And internet, just one, not multiple, just one. Anyway, that's it for us. So, without further ado, f- without further ado, do for Al for the non-existent Pete. Hurry the fuck back. I've been your host's guy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. For real, for real. Do you doubt me? Yeah. Why? Because I can. I'm not going to show you evidence that I'm a guy. I am, I assure you. All right, then I believe you. I have an Adam's apple. That's and, that's proof enough. And other things <laughs> that I'm sure you don't want to see.